0: What a beautiful presence of God. You may be seated. It's quite the honor for my wife and I to be here. This is our extended home and you are our extended family. <clears throat> I told your pastor uh, before uh, service this morning that If some of your church members go missing, I have two explanations for you. One, the rapture took place. Or two, I kidnapped a bunch of them and took them back with me to Texas. Oh, you're just an awesome church. Brother Chris, if you'll give me those notes... I will teach it to our church and they'll think I'm smart. What an awesome message. What an awesome message. If you're turning your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. And... I, I have a confession to make. While you're turning there, uh, I know what God wants to do, and and I am stepping out of my comfort zone and trying to get there. And what that means is I'm I'm OCD that before i step into a pulpit i know what god is and know how if you don't mind i'll just tell you what i was going to preach before brother bruce called about brother shorty i I was going to share with you five things the devil doesn't want you to know but we'll make that another time and in prayer this is what the lord gave me and, and uh, I just feel I'm stepping away from the notes today because when you're hurting, you don't need a theologian up there at a chalkboard writing a bunch of stuff. Verse 3 begins, all praises belong to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's the father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. Would you read verse 4? Is it on the board? Yeah. Read verse 4 along with me if you don't mind. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come along those who are painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. This and just as we experience the abundance of Christ own suffering, even more of God's comfort will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. If troubles weigh us down, that just means that we will receive more comfort to pass on to you for your deliverance. For the comfort pouring into us empowers us to bring comfort to you. And with this comfort upholding you, you can endure victoriously the same suffering that we experience. Now, our hope for you is unshakable, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in God's comforting strength. He comes alongside us to comfort us so that we may comfort Pastor, if you would just pray, I'm going to do my very best. And everybody say, amen. You know, after 50-plus years of ministry, there's a few things that that I've discovered that really wouldn't be so bad if, for, for example, fasting wouldn't be so bad if you didn't go around hungry all the time. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And I I really wouldn't mind the uncertainties in my life if I only knew what was going to happen next. And I wouldn't mind the pain of trials and tribulations if they really didn't hurt so bad. And I wouldn't mind the things that God explains so much if he would only explain the things that he doesn't explain. And I have found that the misery of a loss of a loved one wouldn't be so painful if it didn't hurt so much. One of the great questions that I keep being asked throughout my ministry by people that are going through very difficult difficult times is they ask the question, why? Why me? Why this? Where is God? There, there are times that you know we come to church and 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 the, the the presence of God is so very real and it's easy. Our circumstances are are good and we have been blessed and the choir is just singing those pump and and great energy songs and we go home rejoicing and all as well. But then there's. Those times when life hands us difficult moments that shake us to our very core. It was a beautiful day for Job, it had been a storm. The previous night but but the storm had moved on, and the, you know, the sun was shining, the birds were chirping in the meadow. The sun was bright, there was a few puffy clouds. it was a good day. He had already made his sacrifices, and he had done his devotionals and 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 life was pretty much normal when all of a sudden the servant breaks in on him and says. The enemy has come and all of your horses and cattle are gone. And no sooner than the words come out of his mouth, fall silent. Another servant enters. All of your sheep have been stolen. And on it goes, one blow after another. Like a relentless hammer, bang! And then another servant comes in. all of your ten children are dead. The storm blew in the house where they were. And now they are all dead. It's often difficult for a pastor to to, to look in the eyes of, of people who are grieving and their hearts are breaking and, and they can't come to terms they have prayed prayers they fasted they, they, they made healing declarations, they made intercessions but then death enters into the room. And it seems as if God has been ignoring them and the one that they love breathes their last breath. One of the things that I have found over the years is that no one is exempt from pain. No one is exempt from sorrow and confusion that it comes to the very spiritual among us that no matter how many times you read your Bible through, no matter how many church services you attend, no matter how many Bible verses you memorize, there comes a time when you're standing and you are wondering, God, where are you? And why am I going through this? We have a precious family in our church. They love God. They're faithful. They lead in worship and they, they are servants. Our our song, our, our worship leader's mom is dealing with the early stages of Alzheimer's. And then she found out that her father has cancer, and then it created a, a, a lot of you know, stress upon the family, and, and then her father had a stroke, and he's in the hospital and now she's having to drive over an hour away and and she holds down a job and she's caught in the stress of of worrying about her father, worrying about her mom, and trying to take care of a family. And they have a side business and the stress of the business on the side is tearing at her. Then father passes, and then the place where she works gives notice that they are dissolving 200 jobs, and hers is among them. What do you do when Satan just doesn't come with one attack, but it's wave after wave after wave after wave until you are just overwhelmed. And you go to God, and it seems like the heavens is made of brass. You know, we, we get excited and we preach about Job. We Job is the man with the plan. You know, when he what what did what did Job do when when all of these things happened? He fell down and he said, and and quote it with me: the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name. And we rejoice in that. Job is our hero. But if you keep reading, this is the thing that I have learned. If we get one trial every six months, we're good. If we get one trial every three months, it discourages us, but we're still good. But if we go through a period of time where we are hammered again and again and again and again and again, we can worship, but there is something more that we desire than just a song. There is something more that we, that we crave in our spirit than just singing the songs of Zion. What we want is God to hear us and we want to be in his presence so that we can share yeah. what our grieving. And this is, this is the thing that we, we, we forget about Job. He said, After a while of of this, he said, Oh, that I may find him. I looked to the east, and he was not there. I I looked in the west, and I, I couldn't find him. I heard that his works were in the north, but I couldn't behold him. I looked to the south. Was not there. So what do you do when when you are hurting and, and you are struggling in your trial, you are grieving, and it just you just seems like life is overwhelming and, and all of the normal stuff that you do doesn't work. What, what, what do you do when, when, when you come to church and, and everybody's running the aisles and, and flipping and flopping and I mean they're jumping pews and they're swinging on the lights and, and you just sit there numb. You couldn't feel anything because you're tired and you're hurting and life doesn't make sense. i tell you what some people do. When, when, when God doesn't make sense, they get angry. They figure God owes them. I, I mean, I, I'm his child and, and I belong to him and every book, every, every chapter in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. He owes me an explanation. there is something in all of this that God wants us to understand now now, you you may if you will you may want to write this down we have no issue declaring Jesus Christ our savior because he frees us from his sin The guilt from sin. Where we have issue at is declaring him Lord. Because once we declare him Lord, we give up the right to ask and demand an explanation for everything. The word faith in the modern Texas translation means trust. The word trust in its concept means you don't have all the answers. You may never be given all the answers but you know who is the one that spoke and your confidence is not on the circumstance but the one who made the promise and there are sometimes in our journey with Christ I may not understand But I know his heart. I know his character. I know in whom I believe. And I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principality nor angels nor things present nor things to come could ever separate me from his love. not know the way I go, but he does. I may not understand my circumstance, but he does. There are times that God brings us into the valley of the shadow of death, not because he's a tyrant or that he is some tyrannical um, mind, a person that delights in misery, but there's only in the valley of the shadow of death can our eyes be opened to greater revelation and greater truths and greater understanding, not only about God, but about us, about my weakness, about my needs, about the things in me that need to change. How do you know that he will be with you in the storm? Because I've been in the storm. How do you know that he will be with you through thick and thin? Because I've been through thick and thin. How do you know that he will be with you in times of sorrow? Because I've stand at the wept and wept over the grave of my father and my mother and my brother and my father was still there. question that we ask. Why? I, I, I don't have the time to go very much into it, but just let me tell you, back in the early 80s, I, my wife and I went through the worst time in my life, her life. The church that I would poured myself into suddenly turned on us through gossip. Some individual wanted a position in the church, and because I wouldn't give it to her, she went about in the congregation spreading false information and gossip and backbiting, and she turned many in the congregation against us and 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 some of the vile things that she said about my wife burn in my soul even today. And we they didn't want me to pastor anymore. And I can't tell you how many hours I've spent alone driving and looking into the sky, and I would ask God. And God never answered. And that was the frustrating thing. If he if would only give me the reason that I'm going through this, if I could only understand the purpose of it all, the journey wouldn't be as difficult. But God was silent. I have to be honest. I'm being transparent. If you feel bad at me, that's okay. There's a lot of people that feel bad at me, especially when I sing. I grew very angry at the people that had caused such pain. And I wanted them to suffer like I suffered. And I went to God with this. Is it God? You know, tornado, earthquake. I'm not particular. (laughs) I wanted the papa bear to come out in God. Now to make me feel better, has anybody ever felt the same (laughs) way? Okay, God, you see David did this throughout the Psalms. Lord, you seen, you heard. Knock their teeth out. Take your big boot and grind them into the dirt. That's Texas modern version. And when I went, when God let me get through with my prayer request, He said, I want you to pray to bless them. You know what I said? Do what? You. <laughs> I got a road connection, right? Yeah, you know, I, I had my 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 radio dial on the wrong frequency. Let me let me try that again. And the Lord said, "I want you to bless them. I'm not going to go any further in your life until you bless." It took me two weeks. I drove by their houses. Lord bless them. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Bless them. the Lord was still silent and after another week the Lord prodding my heart blessed I started okay father I know they hurt they hurt my family they destroyed a church they destroyed a revival forgive them for they know not what they do bless them and keep them and i keep i kept praying that and about a year maybe six months later i had the opportunity to move to georgia there was a newspaper company out there i was working for one and in the Louisiana, Monroe area, and uh, I felt it was important that I take my family out of that environment into a new environment where we could start afresh. When we got to Georgia, after a couple of years there, uh, a church opportunity came it was about 30, 40 minutes north or so from where we were, I worked. And uh, the pastor had burned himself out. And he was, he, he didn't want to move. He just wanted to s- sit down and, and be a church member. And he, he said, if you will come and pastor this church... I will be a good member i will never cause you any trouble so i was looking i mean i would i was in the effort to start a church i wanted to i mean god called me to pastor and there wasn't a church available so i was in the process of trying to start one when this opportunity came so i said okay our first service Besides my wife, myself, and Bethany, there were only three other people the pastor, his wife, and one other man. His name was David. In our developing, introducing ourselves, and becoming pastor of, of church in Cornelia, I learned that Mr. David's wife would not come. She had been hurt at another church in Illinois, and after the pain Her and her husband had moved into this Cornelia area, and she was still bleeding and wounded and hurting because of what she had endured at the hands of a pastor. And David said, I don't think you're going to get her to come to church. She's quite bitter. I said, it's okay. I remember the pain and horror that I went through. And I said to David, you don't worry about her. We will work with her. She, We, we hadn't been past her but just a week or two when I found that she was in the hospital. And so I, I, Sister Wilch and I went and we saw her at the hospital and i went in and i talked with her and, and i could tell she was very leery because when you were wounded you are very sensitive to people around you and i just spoke kindly to her and i told her that you know uh we were excited and thank uh and I just we talked about everything, and I I just tried to make her feel better, and I prayed for her. Never mentioned church. Never mentioned that she wasn't coming. We visited the home, and I just put my arms around her. My wife did. We loved on her. We just made light. We just made conversation. Never mentioned church. Never mentioned what she was going that she needed to be in church. You heathen. Don't you know you backslid woman, you, you don't go to church, you gonna bust tail wide open. We didn't, we didn't do that. Just just left And after about six months, would you say that six months of visiting with and loving on her. She showed up one Sunday. And I just preached love and loved on her. And thanked her for being there. Time continued until she became a regular member. Before we left, not only was she faithful in coming, she hosted an in-home Bible study during midweek where she prepared a meal for everybody and was just delighted to do it. When we had the invitation to come and pastor in Texas after a year or two, my wife and I found property and we started building by faith our home and we made it pier and beam and uh, we had everything lined up and, and she and I were out there working putting in four joists. when the phone rang it was sister Joanne and she got to talk she just wanted to know how we were doing and then she said something made it worth everything that I had been through. She said, Sister Wilcher, if it hadn't been for your husband taking the time to love me and to be patient, God comes alongside us and comforts us so that we may comfort others. And the pain that you're going through today, with all the tragedy and the hurt. It is not time to pull away from God like I did. It's, it's, it's a unique opportunity. This, this is something that I learned. Suffering in this life presents us with a unique opportunity to do something on earth that can never be done in heaven when you are hurting and you are grieving the loss of a loved one god is giving you an opportunity to do something that nobody in the billions of people that will be in heaven none of them can do and that is to worship him in your pain there will be no tears in heaven there will be no Stains from teardrops. There will be no mourning. There will be no grieving. But here on earth, where we struggle with life, when we go through trials and tribulations that just overwhelm us, it presents us. In Take it to the Lord in prayer and lay it down at his feet and worship him. Father, I don't understand but I know you are God. Father, I don't know what to do but I for sure the way to go but I know you are faithful Would uh, would you stand with me I'll never eat another watermelon again without thinking of Brother Shorty and let me tell you church You exemplify excellence in caring for people. You you are not just ministers to one another, but you are ministers to the community. And there have been many times this community has been grieving and you were there. You sweet ladies, you wear yourselves out preparing meals. Your pastor, Brother Leland, they are the pastors of the community, and they're there to help grieving people. But what about the comforters? Who comforts? comforter. When when you were bleeding from your loss, what do you do? Where can you go to find solace? And the Lord sent me today to tell you, if you draw close to me, And I'll let you draw from my strength. And I will give you my peace. And if you will trust me, if you will not pull away in confusion and anger, but if you will wholly trust me in this hour, I will come along and comfort you so that you may comfort others. If you will give me your pain, I will give you healing so that you may give healing to others. like to open the family altar. And if you would just like to come with your broken heart, just come around the front and say, here I am, Lord. I don't, I don't feel like jumping up and down in joy. I just need you to put your arms around me and bring me comfort so that I may comfort others. Is there anybody that just wants to be in God's presence? Why don't you just come right now as a family? Just reach over and get somebody and says, come on, let's, let's go to the altar. Let's, let's, let's go find a place where we can take it all to Jesus it won't rain always it won't storm always and I just I just want to spend time in the presence of God father you are Lord and while I'm confused I won't question While I don't understand, I refuse to doubt. I know your goodness.